It is the Michael Bourne identity. I'm James. This is episode 10, I think. Um, so what I've tried to do is basically, and you, you might have figured this out by now if you've been listening, that basically I just try to have a conversation with a bunch of like my cool, famous friends. That's that's sort of what what I do here. And I'm I'm super excited about our next guest uh, because he he is, is a musician that I respect on a on a very deep level. Uh, and I'm also lucky enough to to consider him a friend, so uh, so I'm I'm pretty pumped. Uh, he also hates the Astros, so this ought to be a whole lot of fun, uh, which is fine because like I hate his favorite team too. Uh, and most of you, if you're listening, to this, you do as well. So I am very honored uh, and pleased to welcome uh, Joe Firstman to Michael Bourne Identity. Joe, how you been? Hi, James. Nice nice work you got going here, man. <laughs> it's, it, it's possible. It's possible. Well, that- Thanks for flying me out and the limo and all the shit uh, for the last few days. I thought it was really good. You did a good job. I take care of, I do try to take care of my friends. So uh, it's nice to be able to call in some favors. Um, all right. So let's, let's get into it because I was doing some reading up and read. So you grew up in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's right. I uh, taught yourself to play piano at the age of 12. Uh, I taught myself how to play guitar at 17 and I, I can't do anything with it. Like I, 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 there's not a single thing I can do with, with a guitar that's impressive in any way. But then you got on a Greyhound and went to LA. Did you have anything lined up or was it just, I'm gonna go to LA and I'm just gonna see what happens? Yeah, the latter. That's great. So, okay, I mean, the, the, the balls it takes to do that, like, was there any, were there any nerves? Was there anything that you're like, uh, this is kind of risky, but I'm gonna do it anyway? Or is it just like, no, this is how this is gonna go? Oh God, God, no, not, not the risky. That was not, not in my mind, but I did as, as the story gets told back to me over the years, I, I do hear guys say that I say that it took a lot of balls that also didn't occur to me at all. I, I didn't, think <laughs> I, was doing, I didn't think I was doing something brave or smart or um, adventurous. It, nothing. It was just, uh, I didn't have a plan. No, I did not. I, 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 in fact, I was, I thought I would be, I thought I'd be able to break in as a visual artist. Really? Yeah. Okay. Talk about that. I mean, I could draw, you know, that was what I thought the, the skill that I was most accelerated at, at that point at 20, uh, I thought was my drawing. And so, you know, I was drawing, um, I was getting newspapers, man, I was really didn't have any money and I was living in this crazy place. It's a story of its own. Um, but <laughs> I was drawing, you know, and getting paper, however you could do it and borrowing it. And, uh, just my, my, hold on now. I turn them off. I got Tony Rice fucking going in the other room, blaring. <laughs> and and my and I so anyway, but I, as a matter of just like natural habit, a band I got a band like so quick. Even though I was kind of like, and my bass players over at my little bungalow had a Hollywood bungalow on Holly on on Santa Monica and Cuenca. And he goes, "You can't just put put pictures on a on a board and go sell it. You're not going to make it." And I, and this just was not the type of guy to tell anyone that. So right? I was like. First of all, yes, the fuck I can. But second, <laughs> like, okay, you know, like whatever, man. Maybe I need to get some paper or something. But you know, the band was just, my God, the the speed with which that took off was was a whole made me, you know. I never stopped drawing, James. I still do. That's cool. Um, all right, so you're okay. There, there's a couple of different directions we could go here, but but let me start here. Um, my first interaction with your music was your was your debut album. And my brother-in-law, who grew up an Astros fan and is now a Rangers fan, 
which is punishable by death uh, in in Texas. Um, Challenge me to come up with my 20 favorite albums ranked one through 20 by December 31st. And, and this is a thing that we take somewhat seriously. Um, and, and so I've, I've, I've got the 20, I need to put them in order, but your debut album war of women made the cut. It's, it's in my top 20 albums of all time. Did you go in to the studio with, with 16, just basically perfect songs or did it evolve in the studio? Like, how did the the process of that? Because I've heard the the whole like uh, I can't remember who said it, but you know, you spend your whole life making your first record, and then you've got six weeks to make your second. Like, how how did the War of Women come about? Because if you haven't heard that album, and I'll link to it, uh, it is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, thanks for all those remarks, old friend. Um, uh, there, there was a lot of uh, us and people that were involved in that first go round, and it was exciting as hell. But um, yeah, yeah, how, how to how to um, further that and and understand a record cycle and understand what what the point of touring is and all of these things uh, hadn't occurred to me yet. But as far as the creation of it, um, no, I, I I let's see here. So when I got signed, they basically just opened up the studio that I was already working at and in LA you'll get when you have something going I was 20 21 now and my band is selling it out everywhere man and like so so you know there's these producers around that haven't quite like they're not famous yet but they'll work on something that they called spec you know like a like a oil guy you know they, they they're gonna go do the work for the hopes that they're gonna get the oil you know mm-hmm. and they do a bunch of work up front and so rick, my guy rick um who's my mentor and all this you know he's my my guy out there he got connected uh, with me through my manager at the time my manager i got this is cr- as crazy as the stories i'm driving with the guitar player this is i don't know week 20 that i'm in la week <laughs> 15 and i'm driving down sunset i hadn't been down that street yet I had only been hanging in Hollywood, but we're way west coming on coming up east on sunset. Okay, that'll make sense because what I'm about to tell you, the uh, you see the Roxy, and then you see the Rainbow Room, and then you see the Whiskey A Go Go on your left. And I go and I ask uh, the guitar player, I say, "Will pull over? I'm going to go give them our CD." And so he pulls over, and I and I go up to the door, and the jan- and the door's open. The janitor's in there mopping, and I go, "Hey, man, I need to get to the office." And he goes, "Go around back." <laughs> so I walk around the back of the building. I walk into the office. No, not I, it, it didn't say knock. I walked in, I thinking, and it was the the office. And there's two females in there booking, you know, doing working at desks. And I go, "Here's my CD. I'm Joe." And they're like, "What?" I throw it, on, and they're like, "Yeah, just put it on the table." I mean, there's a hundred fucking cds on that table man you know i was like oh great you know welcome to hollywood kid this is how you get your first non-rejection you know i had a pager at the time but i get back in the car he said what happened i said man i gave him our cd you know and it was our demos that we made with rick parker and and um and i'm gonna get back to and and and, uh so we start driving east to get back to hollywood where i was living with him at this point and uh my pager's blowing up with a 310 number, which I knew at least at that point was the West Side because I watched the movie Swingers and they're making fun of the girl, they're making fun of the girl for having an 818 uh, area code, which meant uh-huh. the West Side was, that meant good, you know? And so I was like, what's this 310 number? And it was Leah from the Whiskey saying, I want to manage your band. No way. Yes. 
we didn't have any tapes yet. So now Leah hooks me up with Rick Parker to go make demos. Rick Parker was one of her old boyfriends. She was a model before she became the booker at the Whiskey. He's the old rock star back in the 90s. They dated. Let me hook you up with my old friend Rick. He's making tapes. It was love at first sight. Me and Rick make the demo for Now You're Gorgeous, Now You're Gone. Mm-hmm. And then a few other demos. And then Atlantic signs us. And then they say, well, while you're writing for the record, go and keep working with Rick and we'll pay for it all day, 24 seven. We're paying for you and Rick. I wrote 120 songs and recorded them all. And so, a lot of which you would know from the little tapes that I put out after that, the, mm-hmm. the LA sessions. And so when, it, when you get back to your question, no, dude, they, the label, I didn't care. We, I liked them all. Whoever liked whatever we, we put on War of Women, you know? That's, that's so cool. So, it, I mean, it, it sort of is like this sort of, kind of what what you dream of when when you just up and move to LA how how pieces just sort of fell together there and there's a there's a story and and we'll get more into baseball here here in a minute but there's a story about when when Kerry Wood struck out 20 Astros in in 98 and it was like his third or fourth start sure. and I can't remember who it was but someone on the Cubs who'd, who'd been around for a while said said Kerry Wood's too stupid to know what he just did like, like he, he's, he's too young and, t- and too dumb to realize what incredible thing he just did. Looking back now, is that, is that sort of how you look at it? Precisely. <laughs> I was sitting there at the, at the um, let's see, the Peninsula Hotel signing that deal with my sleeves cut off, <laughs> um, signing that deal in the lobby and just going, told you fuckers (laughs) i had so many haters man i was from you know nobody is i had still such a chip on my shoulder about about you know proving people wrong who were hating on me and that's not like why people should do art you do art because art comes through you and you're meant to do it not to get back at people yeah that's a very deep life lesson that I need, I need to hear. I needed to hear that one. So, so you played. You played the whiskey. You played all over, all over the world. Played radio. I played radio baseball. City. I tried out for the fucking Marlins, man. Okay, now what? Yeah. So I was the first freshman in my high school, which is public school, Division One, the real thing, not some random out of there and nothing <laughs> shit. Um, you know, some dudes are like, you know, you meet a dude sometimes, and you're like, yeah, I played high school basketball. Like, <laughs> I don't know about your, your conference, man. My conference. <laughs> I could still dunk and there was no way I could start or uh, maybe ride the bench in my, in my basketball in Charlotte. I mean, come on, it's, it's here now. Baseball was about, and so ninth grade was the first, first ninth grade to ever make varsity. Okay. And I, and I go to Myers park when the high schools and I whip them, dude, starting pitch, I whip them. And all two of those guys got drafted and that, and then they were, uh, they were um, doing the Marlins tryout the next weekend at Myers park. So their scouts were already there. Okay. So yeah, they invited me to, to, to come to the tryout, man, with all the guys from Charlotte who were going to get drafted. And I remember being up there and you're filling out your paperwork, dude, before you go do the tryout. And there yeah. were these Dominican guys that were killing it. Wonderful athletes. And they were, and they, I heard them in the bench going, how old are you in Spanish? And, they were, and he was going 26. He was like, you got to lie, man. <laughs> no way. Yeah. They were already too old to even get looked at. Yeah. That's crazy. All right, so so give me what the 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 highlight reel. Like like tell me a, a four for four with three home runs. Like like give me give me your your standout moment playing oh, baseball. Man. Well, 
so um yeah baseball was all you know i was little league it was you're you could tell that you're legions above the next guys you know man you know that, yeah. that, that's a and then you get into the where, where they where the bases are the real length right 90 feet and now you're, you're starting to spread out the tough the real guys are starting to show themselves and this is definitely where i started teetering but then you know you get a little bigger in eighth grade and you come back strong C- killed it mm-hmm. C- player of the year in the city i mean there's an art there's an article about my eighth grade year that you could look up that's cool. Fuck it. All three sports, dude. Quarterback on the football team. Killing it. In inner city, inner city school, dude. Only white boy. Only white boy. Okay, so, and then I go to Olympic. Okay, then I play freshman ball. That's when I kind of basketball dudes were dunking on me. I was like, this ain't going to work. Football. <laughs> they wanted me to come out. Those dudes were huge. Yeah. It was baseball. And I made I made varsity as a ninth grader. And then that was just, yeah, that that year, man, we're great. And dude, my 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 dad, who's not a sweet guy, but in this case, moved us over to the suburbs to go to a nicer school, found him an apartment for us and my little brother to live at so I could go play ball at a better school where Chris Jones was at. A lot of guys that getting drafted. It was a bigger school and a better situation. My school was uh, metal detectors. Yeah. And um, so and so we got over there, dude, and I'm and I get to the suburb school and it's just girls everywhere. And it's just what the hell is this? It's just so different than my what I had before was a different scene, man. It wasn't girls with like rolling into the parking lot with uh, Range Rovers and stuff at this school. You know, even though we were in the apartment part of town, this is where the rich kids went. Right. And I got so distracted by the social life. I didn't make a 2.0. Oh, OK. And that somehow broke broke me badly when as a 10th grader I was so broken hearted by that and um you know but I got the band was that's what I had time for okay so you've you've played with with dudes like Slim Gamble um with Carl Bromel from My Morning Jacket um and, and you've got a bunch of connections to Rival Sons and and that's a that's a band that I I have recently come across because we saw there was, there was one night that you played at the basement in Nashville and, and Jay Buchanan, who was the lead singer of, of rival sons, he opened for you. And it, it was one of those, like, it's an, it's a, it's the Nashville music story that, that you remember for the rest of your life, because it was you and like, it's 12 other people. You paid maybe $5, maybe $10 to get in. And you just get, you just get blown away for three hours. And and, I, and one of the things that I remember about, about J.B. Buchanan was be like, man, if that dude can't make it, you know, how, how is that possible? And then I come, I come across Rival Sons. I'm like, oh, okay, so that's, that's doing pretty well. Um, but that, that night of music with J.B. Buchanan and then you coming on, that's one of the best shows that, that Kami and I have ever been to. How it, it, you you've surrounded yourself with musicians and and with friends who support you like how do your friends inspire you in your music career i remember that night very well and i don't rem- and i'm not one of those guys like um some of my guys like toby he remembers every night on tour europe every night where we drove where we got gas i don't, <laughs> I don't uh, but i remember that night very well there was more than 12 people there which is rare but uh, um maybe from <laughs> my, my set there were 12 people but for jay's set it was about 80 people um, um, because I did the paperwork after the gig and uh, <laughs> grimy, but I do remember being s- totally spellbound by Jay that night. Um, as far as Slim, I gave him that nickname. I, I gave him his first jobs. It's uh, um, 
I don't see too much about that part of the story in his uh, in his saga, but I took him to Aardvarks and made him, I changed his clothes for him and made him, <laughs> I did the whole thing and gave him the nickname. I said, you can't be Jason, you know? <laughs> so uh, he was, uh, he was there during when I was getting signed and he was um, kind of the guy that was like calling the label on the side because during the first tryout, then labels like, you know, while they're still, I hadn't quite inked it yet. They're still like, Oh man, everybody call, you know, we're your boys, you know? And then, you know, then I sign it and then, you know, Slim's like calling the label and the label guy's calling me going, what the fuck is your guitar player doing, dude? <laughs> <laughs> stop calling me. And so, you know, that there's that. Uh, Carl was there also, man. He was before he was known. He was in L.A. There's this guy named Barry Squire who you want, who when you're coming to L.A. to be a side guy, this is not what I did. I came to L.A. to rock star or nothing, you know, right. main guy. No one's ever hired me ever. I play every instrument. No one's ever hired me. Mm hmm to be in their band tv show that was my band so you know that, that they that people don't want to there's something to that you know what i mean man i'm 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 i'm, my, I'm the i'm the guy you're the you're the, the guy product. yeah um and so uh and so carl man got, got was on uh, this list and so they are all all the bad boys in la came and tried out for that for that war women band carl uh i remember crying when he called me and said he was leaving he, I'm, I'm going to join uh my morning jack and i was like I think I heard of that. I was like, come on, man. I'm Joe. What are you doing? You know? It was just one of a, a stage and an episode and a long, 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 long downward thing. Okay. So a couple more music questions, then, then we'll get into the baseball thing. Your, your new band, Cordova's, uh, I think the way, because one of the things that, that my wife and I'll do is, is we'll pick an album uh, and, and we'll just sit on the couch and listen to it, you know, TV off, you know, minimal lighting, and we'll just listen to the album. And we listened to the most recent Cordova's album. And I, I think the, what we ended up on was if, if Crosby, Stills and Nash met the Grateful Dead, how, how do you, how do you feel about that? Is that, is that, do you think that's unfair it, or, or are we reaching because it's, 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 it's the harmonies. Um, oh. it's, it's the instrumentation. Like it, it's just, it's, it's, it's so good. And I know that everyone has a, you know, different personal preference on what they, what they want to listen to, but this, like Cordova straight up rings, rings our bell. So is the, how do you feel about that comparison? It's, it's a, it's a group. Oh, the comparison is reaching, of course, but those, <laughs> are, those are our heroes, man. So you're not going to get me to, I used to say that, you know, I remember there was one when I was getting my first manager and I remember that I hadn't quite hired him. I was sitting at this thing and I was going to like these fancy steakhouses every night with all these managers trying to get me. And, and, the, and they said that I, and they told my label that I said that I was equal to the Beatles or something. Like I could write songs as well. Like, I, I don't know how that came out, but that impression is so stupid. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we, we haven't done shit, man. And if, when, and when we have, and when I, and when, 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 when I have done some shit, everybody's going to know it. And so I don't <laughs> want there to be like a guess this, especially since we've been promoting this record, like, like we're doing. Um, I don't want there to be like some distance between me and reality. I really want people to see what it is. And I want to lay out that history with the war women and, and what, what anyone would call a failure, even though, you know, a, a, a no, no sage believes in failing and, and success. There's no, there's nothing like that, but we could call it that for us to be able to get some traction and some and some ground grounding for how the hell the story went down. By the time we get to Cordova's, I'm trying to stay out of the way of myself. I'm trying not to bring attention to poorly written 
uh, word, lyrics. I'm trying to really comb it over and make sure that we can go through it and sing the music well every night. And uh, War Women, I sung it the other night, the whole thing. I mean, it, it's unbelievable how hard it is to sing. Like, oh, how yeah. much it's, it's, it's so dense with ideas. So we wanted the songs to not be cumbersome. We wanted to be able to go play and throw a party. And Cordova's had a lot of thought going into it 20 years into the game that I did not have when I showed up uh, off the Greyhound in L.A. That, yeah, the War of Women, it, it, there's... It, there's just so many different, it's almost like there's so many different genres. Like it's, it's a, I mean, you know, and of course, you know, there, there are songs that, you know, if you're going to the grocery store and you've got five or six minutes, like, oh yeah, I'll listen to this song, but, it, but it's really better digested start to finish. And, and, and so you've done the, you know, sort of live streams where you, you'll play it, you know, from beginning to end. And, and there was, and it was early on in sort of the pandemic season when, when you did it, I think you were in Nashville uh, when, when you streamed it. And, and at one point we just kind of sat back and be like, this, this is a, there's a lot going on with this record. Like it's, there, there's movements and, and stuff. So uh, it's, it's just, and, but I, but I can also see, you know, having, giving yourself room to go live and, and, and just sort of jam out, you know, like, it seems like Cordova is a little bit more susceptible, I guess, to, to getting on stage and, and maybe the song is going to go four or five minutes. Maybe it's going to go 10 or 15. Let's just kind of see how it goes without question that's cool all right uh last one and then and then we'll talk baseball um <clears throat> I'll, I'll go first i'm gonna tell you a band that a whole lot of people like that that does not do it for me and and you tell me if i'm dumb and then and then you go and you pick a band that a lot of people like that they just that you that it, it just doesn't work and i'll tell you if you're dumb sound good okay i'll try i'll try to uh, you know there's one there just at the outset of this conversation i think we should be mindful that you know, it's hard, for, it's hard for one to do both. You're either an artist or a critic. So I think we got to be careful with, with that. But you know what I mean, man? Like if somebody was going to say, what do you think of Oasis? I'd probably be able to. <laughs> well, you don't have to. You, I'll just go. I've got a whole list of bands that a yeah, lot of you go. Like. And then I'll, I'll give you truthful answers the best I can. And I'll, and I'll try not to dread myself for saying bad things. Yeah, I don't know. You, yeah, you can just tell me. You don't have to pick bands. I'll pick the bands and you just tell me if I'm dumb. Great. Uh, the Smiths. I don't like the Smiths. Um, only time I ever, heard, you know, the, the, it's going to, it's going to cover a lot of the answers, stuff that doesn't have a deeply blues and swing that Smith's is, is straight, right? Here's a right. swing. Here's a straight. The straight doesn't, uh, does, is not something that ever like moved me that straight stuff, straight rock and roll or straight beats like that. So the Smith's, uh, was lost on me. There's some poetry. Isn't that a uh, Morrissey and stuff? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Never heard one of the records. I think Morrissey's a Republican. <laughs> he might be a fascist. Uh, Blink, I, I call him this specifically to piss people off. Blink 182. They're nothing. <laughs> uh, Rush. You know, you're going to get into um, a lot of males at the uh, in the audience um, <laughs> for some reason. And I think that's like you want it you want it to be for everybody marley doesn't seem to have a problem with that of course these are these are giants uh and rush is a giant and you know the uh, neil uh, is such a poet uh, and those beautiful awkward poems he was the he was the uh, writer uh, neil yeah Perry. so you know what i mean man I, th I think i might have owned one or two along the way it's something you study as a teenager but certainly haven't had much, much use for lately okay <clears throat> last one uh red hot chili peppers they're nothing Thank you. I don't get it. 
Like, and every time I get in the car and put on XM, like, I, it feels like they died because there's like, there's always a radio, a Red Hot Chili Pepper song on like two of the stations that are on my presets. I do not, like the Danny California song, that's the only song of theirs that I actually like. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to drink with Chad Smith at, at La Poubelle. <laughs> he played on a session with me. Maybe I could dig it up. Um, and he was always kind and stuff. I think the most interesting part of um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers legacy is the guy who engineered their records. His name is Jim Scott. He was the right-hand man to Rick Rubin. And he's the one who found out how to get those kind of earthy, beautiful kind of punk and earthy tones, uh, real kind of almost soulful somehow with Fleas playing and, and Chad's playing, swinging a little bit. Um, Jim Scott captured that with the way that he was able to mic, mic all of those guys and the way that they play. Um, so he's the he's the all star in, in that. And now another thing is we have the same lawyer. Um, they they're one of the few bands that split everything, including the lawyer, five ways. Four guys and the lawyer, and that okay. might have something to do with the reason why they're still around and they still uh, seem to love each other. That's that's actually really cool. Um, okay, the 2017 Houston Astros are World Series champions. True or false? No. Okay, so are you're a Dodgers fan? No. No, you're not a Dodger. For some I reason, I thought national you... anthem at the Dodgers in '09 or something, and that, that was nice. That's cool. Uh, and, but it wasn't, and I lived out there forever. But it wasn't enough to pry me away from my childhood team, which is the Braves. The Braves. Okay. Charlotte. Now the Braves, <clears throat> in in hindsight, after years of now being in the American League, uh, my my hatred for the Braves does not. It, it, I've I've sort of outgrown that. The Braves were always that team that would bounce Houston in the first round, and it's you know like when 102 games lose in the NLDS to the Braves because you had to go through Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz. Yeah, um, but I do remember James. One year I was playing a festival in my early career with maybe 2005, and I remember listening to the game against the Astros in Bagwell, and then when they beat us one year in the first. That round. was that was the first series that the Astros had won. It was in 2004, and Four. and that was the game that went uh, 18 innings. And, and yeah, the Astros yeah. Won. I was out there trying to catch the game while they were playing, and, shit, and I kept running off. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So you are not an Astros fan. Is it, is it the sign stealing or is it just a general disregard or dislike for, for the Astros as an organization? Oh man. Uh, I, if this, for me, the slate would have been wiped clean if uh, the, if the deal didn't go down with the players union and they weren't able to protect those guys. I think every one of those guys needed to be suspended for a year. Um. And, and there's just no way I'm a, I played ball, dude. You know what I mean? There's, there's a code and uh, I appreciate that, that, that not many major leaguers come out. I mean, even not even the Dodgers, they really handle it. Ultimately they handle it with a lot of class. They don't, they don't complain, but there is no fucking way that they would have won without not just a little cheating, not a sign steal, not a referee calling a foul at a bad time in a basketball game like that guy back in the day. Yeah. We're talking about an elaborate thing um, with weaker players and stupider fans. (laughs) Dang. Uh, Now that's fair. And and there's been, I think there's two types of it. Well, there's three types of Astros fans now. There, there are the fans that are like, I think other teams were doing this too. So actually the, the playing field was level and it, it just, it was the Astros, the Astros just got got. Um, and once everyone saw what 
how everyone re reacted to the Astros doing this, you know, all the other teams decided to, you know, shut up so that, you know, they, they didn't get popped for it. Then you've got, you've got fans that are like, screw it. We just went through a hurricane. That was the one good thing that happened uh, that entire year. And I've waited a long time to see this and I don't, I don't care, like whatever. And then there's, oh, we know the all about cheat at all costs in America. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's a very American win at all costs. Yeah, we're super familiar with that. And that's another reason why the Astros theme is so devastating. It's the wrong time to to allow the cheat at all costs. And let's and then afterwards, let's 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 rationalize it and figure out make our minds point, make our minds make sense of it and make bullshit come out of our mouths. Right. No, no they, they need retribution is what would have saved them. I think the owner himself and in, in the in the comments that i read he he doesn't feel good about it no and he came out and he was like god no i i shouldn't be held responsible and i i think that there's well what does the owner know the owner's not in the tunnel but but also like dude if you're gonna be the if you're gonna lead this organization freaking lead it like don't no one's gonna take your team away from you uh, everyone everyone's made up their mind come out and be honest about it and and eventually people will move on maybe probably not Actually, so do you think that the that the Astros are going to every time? So the, the, there's a joke I make because when the Cardinals had their whole like they hacked into the Astros system. That's right. Um, whenever I hear the card, that was eight nine years ago. Whenever I hear the Cardinals, I'm like, oh, change your passwords. <laughs> and and but I I feel like like anytime anyone hears about <clears throat> excuse me the Houston Astros, it's gonna be like, oh, bang bang and trash can. Do you think, is that fair? Is that, is that the punishment that they have to live with now? Oh my God. That's not punishment. That's crowds and entertaining themselves. That's not even the beginning of the punishment. Punishment is having an object thrown at you. It fucking hurts. Yeah. Those guys have got to get thrown at forever. <laughs> that is what the deal is and eventually as they get into their 30s little bregman he's not going to want to stick his chin quite as far over the uh, strike zone and his numbers are going to go down because he's not eating his, his steroid bars anymore <laughs> it, it left such a bad taste and again for a dude that doesn't give a damn about the dodgers how could you not chuckle at 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 that relief pitching guy you know that's hilarious you know oh, the joe kelly Kelly, and how could you not um, admire the way that Simpleton Clayton handled it? Yeah, he's mad, but he didn't make a big deal of it because he's a Texas boy. And I think the, the other point you made might be the most interesting of all. It's systematic. Tony LaRusse is, I don't think they should hire that guy. He's, I think they found, you know, he's one of the biggest cheaters there is, um, you know, dude. And then there's nothing to say about the Braves because they, they have a fucking racist symbol on the front of their uniform. Do you named after something cool, you know? That's true. And, and my, I think the, they're one of the few teams that, that had a cool, they were the Colt 45s. Yeah, and then right. I think, and then the, and then the Colt 45 wanted like licensing and they're like, Oh no, we're not going to do that. We'll just change our, change our name to the Astros. They Let's went from like a down cool the line. Name. Yeah. Lee Richards. Yeah. Mike Scott. Scott had another guy that was in the rotation with him. Who was that? Uh, I mean, there was Nolan Ryan. Ryan, but the and 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 God damn, they were together. Yeah. Wow. I, that losing to the Mets, I wasn't. I mean, I was barely old enough because we're about the same 86. age. Eighty six. Like I, I'm barely old enough to remember this. But I watched the game. I was six. That that New York that Mets Astros NLCS that 
just that there, there are people that are older than me are still just devastated by, by the 1986 NLCS. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't care. Braves were out of it. They were terrible that year. We were just wanting, <laughs> wanting to watch good baseball. Good baseball. Yeah. I, I would have, you know what I'm saying, dude, you could have, you could have had a hero come along and we, people would have enjoyed the Astros. I think you got to, you know, all jokes aside, you know, man, it, it's, it's so nasty. And I, and I still haven't heard one Astros. I got this friend, Sam on the internet. He's like a singer, Sam Morrow. And he's, and he's just like, yeah, we won. I just, I haven't seen it like look good. I haven't seen it like wear very well with any Astros fan. I haven't heard any Astros fan like articulate the right way to have like team pride. Are you fucking kidding me? So I just need that. I need that tweet directed to me so I can see exactly the, the manner with which the, the Marcel Proust of Astros friends articulates how the fuck this was okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've had, and Kami has too, a very hard time since the news broke and, and not, you know, not enough that, you know, I, I wore, I wore an Astros shirt to the, you know, out the other day and, and no one said anything, but, but it's, it's just not as gung ho as it was. And, and part of me doesn't know if like, you know, when I joked around in January, I was like, man, I wish something would come along that was big enough to make people not talk about the Astros. Well, I, I didn't have this in mind uh, right. with, with COVID, but but it's it's just, I think there's a whole bunch of people that just have a bad taste left in their mouth. And I do think that team was good enough to win to win the World Series with without the trash can and the live, the camera into the dugout. I, I do think they were good enough to to do it. So the whole, the whole thing where, how, how necessary was this? Like you've just gone and trashed your reputation for, to do what, to win the division by 16 games instead of, you know, 10. Like, I don't, I don't know. What yeah. The- I mean, at the thinking man's dinner, I just don't see how, I mean, even though it might be a cre- creatively concocted point that you're throwing together, I just don't <laughs> see how it matters above a man knowing the fucking difference between right and wrong like you're told in first grade it's the line of good man it has something to do with the political climate and by the way it's not polarized there's 240 normal people and 70 million 40 million and then 70 million people that are that are in this in this realm right here where you're having to really confront basic ideals fundamental don't throw the rock at that kid because his skin is different than you. Yes or no. <laughs> right, right, right. So that this is, this is a yes or no, like this is a, this is a basic thing. And again, I just haven't heard an Astros fan like articulate exactly how you're doing this. And I think it comes with um, like in, in the political environment it comes with, uh, with risk. You have to risk things and what we're going to have to risk maybe our allegiances. We might have to break up things known as family constructs, things that uh, our people are sentimental about. But we have to put those things out there in this game so that we can get what we need back. What we need back is peace. What we need back is peace. And, and, and if you were to apply that to this baseball thing, what we need back is, 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 is resolve, is peace on the issue. And I think peace on the issue have been the boys themselves turning them in or the owner himself suspending his own players. Yeah, no, I mean, he, he did that with, with Hinch and, and the, the general manager, Luno. Um, you know, that, that was on the table. Uh, hey, and, the main and, and, and go ahead. Following the line of good. Following the line of good is what is our point? Well, we want... We want to, some, some people just will, if, if baseball, it's old, let it, let it die. I don't want that. I love baseball. 
I yeah. fucking throw the wiffle ball to myself every day in the backyard. <laughs> so the point of what I'm, I'm saying is following that line of, did you mess up something that was so beautiful to my stupid country ass? <laughs> you no, know, and, and you're not going to get the the perfect argument from from me about how why it's okay. I don't think it's I don't think it's okay. Uh, the, there's not a way to to justify it, and, and even and it, it's the even if even if other teams were doing it, and and those are those are pretty loud whispers. It, it still doesn't make it okay. Uh, you know, the, so you're not going to, you're not going to get the, the ultimate justification because I haven't come up. I haven't found it yet. Uh, I watched less Astros baseball this year than I have in, in years. And part of it was just, you know, questioning how much of this matters when there's, you know, the racial injustice and, and a pand- in the middle of a pandemic and, uh, and the policy, because I don't watch it, but I listen to almost every Braves game, the policy, the built-in policy that those knuckleheads just can't utter it and they can't acknowledge that there was a riot, that they can't bring that into the broadcast because we're not capable of handling it. Right. That, that made me not want to listen. Yeah. No, there, it's just a total, in the, in the wake of everything and then finding out that the one the one good year to be an Astros fan, it wasn't as good as, you know, it, it, it wasn't as good as you thought. Uh, hmm. I did. Yeah. Just kind of checked out a little bit. I don't Look, know. In the end of the day, it's, they probably didn't cheat this year and they went pretty damn far. Yeah. No, one game away from the world series. It's cra- with, and the, with that, with Altuve hitting like two fifteen, like it makes no sense. There's, it, nothing about this year made sense. No. Yeah. That, that, the, uh, yeah, I was, you know, there's nothing you could do to quiet motherfuckers other than just taking it far. You know, they took it far. Um, and that was pretty, you know, there's nothing you could say. They went out there and played. The, 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 they didn't get suspended. It didn't go down like that. And so here you are, you know. Again, man, if I, I, me, if I, I was the kind of competitor, I know Grayson Allen type guy, but I'm a pitcher. <laughs> and so I don't, I, it's already hard enough to, to win as a pitcher with the way that the balls, you know, it's wow, the mound got lowered. The fences are getting pulled in. I don't want to see 14 to 13 games. I want to see right. two to one. I like I like pitching inside out, Maddox, Glavin, outside, 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 all day outside. Make them reach for you, these psychological aspects of baseball. Um, at the same time, Chipper Jones used to say he would, he would take pitches early in the game so that he would lure the pitcher into throwing it later. That's the part of baseball that I love, not that the dude hit five home runs, you know, in the last two games. Yeah. Yeah, are are the Braves back? So are 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 they back? I think the more bigger point with the Braves is is when they're going to take that thing off the jersey and how they're going to figure this out because they're going to lose people like me. They have to. Yeah. Well, so I I think most people want Cleveland to go to the Spiders. What's the perfect What's the perfect name for for the the Atlanta baseball team? I mean, uh, Hank Aaron is what I heard. The Hammers is pretty cool. But, I mean, I th- is the Brave still, like, fucked up? The Atlanta Brave, you know, you wouldn't have to change everything too much. And just remove the tomahawk. Yeah. I, that's what I think about the – the uh, cur- I call it the curse of the tomahawk. The only – out of all that winning, the only year the Braves won was which year, James? It was 90 – was it 95? Five yeah. Against – Oh, was it the Yankees? It wasn't the Yankees. It was against Manny and Jim Tomei. Oh, that's right. Cleveland Indians, the only team with a name more racist than (laughs) Frank. That's right. 
That's a good, that's a good curse. curse I, I'm, I'm, I love, I love good curses. Uh, that's a, a good, good curse, curse man. We're, it's not going to happen until they pull that tomahawk out of their imagery and off of their jersey. I'm on board. I love it. Uh, what's okay? So what's next? I know we're, you're running short on time. What's next? Y'all got a live stream? A live stream coming up? Uh, we're gonna keep streaming, man. You know, streaming and do that. Nashville had that crazy bomb and shit, so we were knocked out uh, last weekend. But we're gonna stream on New Year's, and you know, man, everybody's chomping at the bit, dude. We had we went through a psychological fucking breakdown, man. We we're we're we're, we're working on guys' um, uh, energy levels and and uh, gratitude and uh, philosophy awareness. And uh, it's been a long year. Guys like us are, are used to moving. We built something that we built it for moving and to move uh, a, a nimble uh, movement machine. And so staying home was challenging, but you have to be able to turn it into something good. The label decided to put our uh, record out anyway. And so we probably wouldn't be any further along having just gone and slept on the floor uh, of the hotel like the last 150, 200 nights. Instead, we uh, hung around here and, and, and went running every day and played wiffle ball and kind of started working on some other things in life, James. That's cool. Well, Joe, thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to put some links out. I'm going to get this up today. Um, and so I'll, I'll put some links out, people, so they can discover, if they haven't already, uh, listen to some of your music, because uh, it really is phenomenal. And, and I, it really, we, Kami and I both are, are very proud to call you a friend. Oh, that's very kind, man. And uh, to have people uh, on the other end of, of what we're creating, make sure you link us so that our, our little team can 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 spread the word around and they'll get your uh, get your thing promoted, man. Done. Hey, I appreciate it. And uh, have a good day. Much love, dude. Say hello to Cammy again for me. Love y'all.